Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Before we get into today's conversation, I do want to apologize for the audio quality on the beginning of this episode. I am in a position right now where I do not have easy access to the equipment that I typically use when recording these things, but as you will come to learn (laughs) in the start of this conversation. Sometimes you just gotta work with what you got in order to get it done. And I don't think any of you will be too mad at me for this audio quality that you temporarily have to deal with. Speaking of today's show, my guest is Josh, and he is from the web series Spare Change. And what Spare Change is, is a documentary web series type thing where they film themselves going out and raising money for different organizations, businesses, people, etc. by playing music and putting together little events. And it's a really fucking cool series because not only do they highlight themselves playing music, but they also highlight the people that they're working with. And I think they're doing a really cool, important thing. And uh, if you haven't had the chance to check it out, I definitely recommend it. You're going to learn a lot about it today on the show. And you can check out all the stuff that they're doing at sparechange.tv. Please check it out. And if you're already a fan or someone who knows Spare Change, but you're new to me, you could also go to therealsykes.com if you're feeling a little extra spicy. So yeah, I don't have too much else to say about this. Josh is a great dude, Spare Change is great, and I think you're really gonna like this conversation. So, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Josh from SpareChange.tv. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! that far ahead that's something that i actually talk about a lot with a ton of people and that's a really good way to start this conversation is a lot of people that i know who have the potential to do a lot of great things but just don't for whatever excuse their gear isn't good enough or they you know they convince themselves that something costs a lot more money to do than it does like you said you're shooting stuff on your phone yep Completely. Everybody has a damn phone now. Right. There's no excuses anymore. You can do almost anything on your phone. If you're in a band, you can record a demo, take a yeah. band promo, and upload it and distribute it all over the world. 
yep. from a piece of plastic that's in your pocket. Yeah, it's 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 the world we're in now. It's the only thing holding yourself back, I think, is is you, really. And resistance is a real thing. And it's easy to get into the trap of, you know, you'll hear people say, I'm a perfectionist. I need to have the best of everything. I need it, you know, before I do it, it has to be the best. And you're like, well, the no, only it way, doesn't. The yeah. only, and the only way you get to be the best is by Just, being kind of shitty at it for a while. Yeah. Enjoying the moment of being shitty, right? Yeah. Like, it's okay to have those. The thing, it's funny because, like, if you start from a place of what you would consider to be perfection, then you're missing out on the opportunity to to get dirty and learn and figure it out and have it be raw and gritty. And then, you know, through that is how I think you sort of find out what it is you are. I think I think a lot of people are afraid of that journey. And I think a lot of people, too, are somewhat ignorant to that journey because they're on their phones all the time. So they're only seeing the curated lives yeah. of everybody in their social circle and thinking like, oh, they're doing this thing and it's perfect yeah and they didn't have to work hard to get there but that's not the case it's just nobody posts the struggle online they only post the success totally we're living in a world where you know you go on instagram and you see people at the beach like you know they like (laughs) they show the part of themselves that that they made it and they, they give this false image of themselves and it's funny because i used to be in a band full time and we Lived at the beach, Jersey Shore. We played up and down the coast. Full-time job. It was like the life. And it was probably around 2009, 10. And we did the same thing. We're like, we're at the beach. Like, we showed only the best shots. But, like, I I realize now, like, if we could have brought people into the struggle, like the six-hour drive, and showed people what that world's like, that's way more captivating than just the glamour shot of the ocean. And that's kind of what we're trying to do now with Spare Change is, like, not give you the impression that we really know what we're doing. I mean, there's things we have, I, we have great ideas, I think we're figuring it out, but people that are following along are, are seeing us figure it out. Like, we're still very much bringing people along with the journey and not giving this false image of like, we've got it all, this mastermind plan. No, we're still very much on the ground level. And I think that's what's kind of cool about what we're doing in a sense is that it's not fake, it's real. You know, it's you're seeing it happen. Absolutely. So... This is a pretty newish project from what I've seen online, right? You just started uploading stuff this year? Like February. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of pre-production and getting the ideas for this together, when did that (laughs) come together? There wasn't much like pre-planning at all. Um, I mentioned being in a band before. Two of the members of the band, we were three-piece. We lived in Pittsburgh and we met uh, a drummer at the time, Pete, and... We just started playing music again, and that's why we were in the mindset of filming a little bit just to kind of promote, like, hey, we're getting back together, we're doing this thing. And I was in between jobs, and I had free time, so it was like a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night, and we played an open mic night on Carson Street just because there was nothing I nothing else to do at the moment. And we played our you know 10-minute, 15-minute set, and we were done, and we were just like, let's go play on the street. It was like a really warm day in February. We had like that weird week of like two weeks where it just got warm all of a sudden. So we just started playing on the street and we had cash in our guitar case. And this gentleman walked by and was just like, hey, can you guys spare any cash? So we just I instinctively grabbed all the money and just gave it to him. Like, just like, oh, you need cash, man? Here's all of it. 
because like it wasn't we weren't doing it for money we were just doing it because hey we wanted to keep playing music and his reaction was what sort of drove us to say oh let's go let's keep doing this and, and so we walked down the street and we met this girl who was in between jobs herself and she just learned how to play guitar so she's playing and we're like hey can we play with you and she was like, yeah, sure. So we helped her make more money. And it just started this like snowball effect. We just happened to be filming that night. So it wasn't this planned out thing. It was just like a very spontaneous moment. Because I was recording, I edited, I edited the video the next day and just put it online, like no promotion or anything, just like here it is. But it picked up really fast. And it was just like a one minute clip and we called it Spare Change. And then the next night we're like, what would be the craziest thing to do right now? And the answer was just go do it again. So it really, from the jump, it wasn't a thought out thing. It wasn't like, Hey, we're going to do X amount of episodes. It was just like, let's just do, let's just start something. And and when we got that inkling of there's something here is when we just kept kind of pushing at it. Cool. So that really goes back to the very beginning of this conversation about just not even thinking about, why you shouldn't do it or what could go wrong. Just like we have the stuff. It's all here. Let's just go do it. Yeah. Totally. And see what happens. Totally. If it doesn't work, then yeah, it doesn't work. We still had a good time. Yeah. And that almost happened. Like the second night, it was the very next day we went out and played in South side again. And it was just dead. Like nothing, <sighs> nothing doing. And we're like, all right, maybe, maybe there isn't anything here. Then went to shady side after that, just cause we had to change locations cause nothing was happening in South side. And that's when this gentleman came down the street out of nowhere and started singing with us. And we caught all this on camera because we were filming. Yeah. And it was just this magical moment of like, oh my God, this guy had a great voice. And uh, he said he was a minister at a church. So we just took the money, gave it to him, said, give this to your church. And that was the moment where it was like reaffirming of like, there is something here. But up until that moment where the guy walked down the street, I was like, maybe it's, you know, maybe it was just a fun night. And that could have very well been it. But if we had not gone out that next night, if we hadn't like pushed through and said, let's just do it again, then I wouldn't be here right now. You know? So I think that resistance in the back of your mind is what can prevent a lot of people from, from seeing what their potential is. You know, it's easier to just not do something. Right. Absolutely. And, and everything will tell you like, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll stay home. But pushing through that, that resistance is where the magic usually happens. That's what I'm finding. Uh-huh. Now, before this, did you have any experience with fundraising for uh, anything in particular, or was this like a new world that you're getting into? <laughs> a little bit, but not not really. So, like, I was previously a director in a healthcare organization that helped assist people. Like, it was actually for organ donation and transplantation. And while I was there, I created this website because I didn't really. I thought we could do a better job of. of of advertising organ donation. And they didn't have really a problem with fundraising. They had a problem with registering people to be donors. So all the ads I saw about organ donation were like, you know, like a little girl frolicking in the field and like really like feel good stories of like, you know, this life was saved and it's great stuff. But like to the general public, it, I didn't think it, would, it wasn't making people react. So I was like, how do I make people react? How could I make a viral campaign for organ donation? And that's where I made this website um, about a year ago called reasons not to be an organ donor. And the whole gimmick was when you click it, it looks negative. If you click it, it just says there aren't any. And when you 
see this pop up in Facebook, it like looked very deceiving. Like this is a going to bash organ donation. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And it just spun it. And I didn't put any advertising dollars behind it. It cost me $75 to build the website. And in one month, there was 1.3 million people on the website and it just blew up around the world. And I was like, oh my God, like it was the craziest moment. So I, I knew that there had to be something more there of like, creating campaigns or doing something in this like creative world. So I reached out to a friend of mine in Lancaster who runs um, Meals on Wheels in Lancaster. And I just said, can I try to make you a campaign and just, you know, again, just do. See if there's more here and if it wasn't just dumb luck that this website went viral. And he's like, sure, man, like help me. All I want to do is raise money because more money we get, the more meals we can buy for people. And we were like, okay, what's the way we can do this? And I didn't have money to like invest into a campaign. Like we didn't buy anything. It was just like, how do I do this organically? And what what we did was we tried to reverse engineer the ice bucket challenge, which a lot of people had tried to do and failed. Even the company I worked for before with Organ Donation tried to do their own challenge thing and it didn't work. So I was like, let's let's drive towards that and be kind of tongue in cheek and be like, we're gonna do our own challenge. And the thing that I thought about was like, what is the thing that makes people, why did you want to watch the Ice Bucket Challenge? And to me, the answer was uh, to see that moment of like looking funny with water all over you. Like you want to see that like sort of awkward moment of you're drenched. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we drove into the the least favorite food challenge. And we challenged people to eat their least favorite food because it's like a yuck, like like stomach it down moment. Yeah, I like that. So I would challenge you to eat your least favorite food. And then if you do it, I'll pay. So that was another thing that I didn't like about the ice bucket challenge was like, it was kind of open-ended about who's donating the money. Like if you, if you do the ice bucket, do you pay? Does the person pay? So we did it. Like I challenge you, if you do it, I pay and you get to challenge someone else. So that snowballed to about, you know, 15 to $20,000 raised and they bought a new van. That's awesome. And that was the first time I ever did it with fundraising. So those two things are really what drove me to sort of say like, okay, it's not just, I, I feel like I learned, I learned the work ethic at that last organization I was at, but the creativity injected in is where I think Spare Change is now kind of manifesting in that world. Yeah, absolutely. So you got the experience with the fundraising, mm-hmm. experience playing music. Now let's go to the video side of this sure. because you have obviously it's a video series for anyone that hasn't checked it out and also you know what i'm really bad at this you never introduced yourself we oh never, yeah we, we just rolled we, into we, it we really messed yeah. that up do you want me to like say the whole like yeah let's do the whole spiel right now <laughs> okay. and then we'll talk about video editing holy shit yeah. no it's cool i like it that's a good sign right <laughs> yeah i'm josh corcoran i am one of the the founders of spare change it's a web documentary series where we play music and we use that to connect businesses and nonprofits. And we tell stories of like, we sort of try to get everyone to collaborate. And if we can pull it off, we're able to create a lot of attention that we can kind of put on people that are doing great things. So um, that's where it exists today, but it, we're also learning ourselves of what this thing's going to become. So so far, it's been about trying to help people in need and, and also kind of like, you know, create something online that's positive. And yeah. there's a lot of negativity right now. So can we make something that after you watch it, you you feel good and you want to share that feeling with other people? Totally. Totally. That's my long-winded answer. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good answer. I, I remember I caught you at an open mic night, Pints on Pen. Yeah. That 
the library collective Redfish Bowl was putting together. And you had just briefly mentioned what you were doing. And I was like, that sounds like a really cool idea. And I went home and I looked it up and watched some of the stuff and like sent a message to the page immediately. Like, like, hey, like I have this podcast. You should come on and talk about it because anything that I can do to help get more eyes on you and then that gets more eyes on what you're doing. Much appreciated. Networking. I mean, there's a real Pittsburgh scene too. Oh, yeah. There's people doing cool stuff. Yourself very much included in that, that loop. It's crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. Really, yeah. I mean, I wasn't tuned into it before, especially before this year. Like, I did not have that frequency. And all of a sudden, I feel like that I'm just dialed in now to all these cool people doing such cool stuff in this city. It's a good moment for Pittsburgh, it feels like. Definitely. That's yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know if it's just me getting more involved in everything or if there's just more people doing more stuff. Or if it's a combination of both. I feel the exact same way, actually. Like, maybe (laughs) I'm just, like, looking now, but, like, I think there's – it feels like things are picking up in a really cool way. I'll tell you a story. I talk about this story a lot on the podcast, so to anybody who's a regular, I apologize (laughs) for putting you through this again. Yeah, tell me. But it has to do with video, which is where I want to go next in this conversation anyways. So, segue. Cool. Great segue. A couple years ago, the Pittsburgh scene, to me, was very – just for lack of a better word, dead. Yeah. I didn't know anybody doing anything really. This was, I had just kind of started the podcast, but I was only talking to close friends at that time. And I got invited to a thing on Facebook for a music video, local music video showcase Mm -hmm. where there was just going to be a bunch of local artists showing their music videos and directors and things like that. The event page had, you know, two, 300 people going and I was mutual friends with like, two or three people. Yeah. So I'm like, who are these other couple hundred people? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I went and I watched like three hours of music videos from local bands. I'd heard of maybe a couple of them. Yeah. And the rest was all new stuff, new music, new directors, great sounds and visuals, and just surrounded by all this creativity that was right in my backyard that I had no idea about. And I was like, what am I missing out on? Yeah. And then I kind of went full force on the podcast. Yeah. Like the whole reason I started this was to, you know, kind of help my friends and get better at talking to people and just communicating. But Mm -hmm. then it became this thing where this is a way for me to force myself to go find new people and not get caught in my bubble, which is really easy for people to do. But now it's... totally. I almost feel like this responsibility to go and always find new people doing new things to talk about. Yeah. And I'm sure your network's growing as a result of that. Definitely. Yeah. And and I think that when you, when you reach out and find people that are on that same wavelength, that it just like, it's one of those things where it's like, I know after this conversation, I can hit you up and be like, Hey, like share a video or you'll be like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. And, And that's where I think the magic happens is building that network to where you know, people all sort of are rooting for each other. Yeah. So before I get into the video stuff, I want to touch back on the point again from the beginning of this conversation where we were talking about people that convince themselves that they can't do something or they shouldn't do something because of X, Y, Z. I think another big part of that is the people that you surround yourselves with. Totally. And if a lot of those people that I know surround themselves with other negative people. Yeah. So that's why I like doing things like this is because I'm just creating a network of people that are all go-getters yeah. and that are inspiring me to do more. That's and totally just keep right. Pushing. Yeah, you and have to really sort of like refine your 
your crew of people that are around you. Yeah. Because you become the people you're with. Definitely. And, and guilty by association is a real thing, <laughs> especially the guilty is like just not acting. Yeah. You know, not acting on whatever notion or, or instinct you have. It's again, it's easier to just not do. So if you have people around you that are already have momentum in their respective thing, then it's only going to reinforce your ability to act. And I think that's a big part of it is that network around you. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's always awesome to see people that are doing a lot with a little. Yeah. iPhone. Screw it. Put an iPhone on a stand. We got video. Yeah, totally. You know, I could be taking pictures of my dinner or I could be doing something productive. Yeah. Or maybe I can find a way to mend them both together. Yeah, no, if that's your thing, (laughs) you absolutely can. Uh, But speaking of video, which is where I wanted to take this conversation, video, editing, and production. What was your experience prior to Spare Change with video editing and production? Uh, well, we, I say we, um, one of the guys in our crew, Jared and I have known each other since we were 13 years old. And we grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania at a really great school called Conestoga Valley. Shout out to the Buckskins, by the way. Who's ever watching? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go Bucks. My faves. Yeah. So, uh, but one thing I, I'm realizing now as I get older is that it really was a great education and especially in like music and, and the arts. And there was a really good program of learning how to do video editing in high school. So this is like 2002, three, four, five. And we learned a lot. Like a lot of what I do now, I learned back then. That's awesome. Yeah. So then I, ever since then, you know, being in the band and doing stuff, I've done like, I've done some videos but never as heavily as we are right now. Yeah, you're so, making like 15 minute plus like yeah. Thi- like like little huge films. Huge things. They're not just yeah, small little clips for so, anyone who hasn't watched the episodes. Yeah, yeah, it started out like a 1 minute clip and this last one that's out right now is 17 minutes and like 20 seconds. So again to what you're saying before surrounding yourself with the right people um you know, the guy in our crew, Taylor, that flies the drone is also just very skilled with editing and, and we have different kind of styles. So he, we both sort of interject, I, in, inject ideas, excuse me. Um, but I'm also kind of learning as I go. Like you can look at episode five where we were at Voodoo and in the opening sequence, you can see we used to do like um, always sunny in Philadelphia where it'd be like this time on a Wednesday or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would pop up at the beginning of the episode. And when the camera pans down, the the lettering drops behind uh, a tree. And if you watch episode five, you'll see, like it, it looks all right, but it's a little fuzzy. And it's a little like, nah, like I see what you're trying to do there, but we didn't quite get it. Uh-huh. And then, then if you jump ahead to episode eight, the new one, in the beginning sequence, a bike goes across. Yeah, and then I, I thought the that logo was really pops awesome. Up, yeah, I saw and that. It's really clean. Yeah, and it's probably the best masking job I've ever done. <laughs> so that's that's really what's happening. Yeah. It's like episode five. I was like, how do I do that thing I saw in a video? And by the time episode eight came around, that skill has been developed. So yeah. that just kind of proves like, although we have maybe some fundamentals, still very much learning. A lot of times, it's like we'll see something and go, how do we recreate that thing? But that's been kind of part of it. So the fundamentals are there. Um, and then the people around me that have, have different skill sets than I have. And then we try to just get better every time. Definitely. So 
I was going to ask if you have a long-term goal yeah. with spare change, but I feel that you probably don't. And I don't mean that, <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. It's yeah. just, you know, kind of vibing off your character and all the information I've absorbed over the past 20 minutes yeah. here or whatever. It seems that you're still just figuring it so, out and, that's you know, working sure. on what you are able to do. Yeah. Have you um had any opportunities come up that you maybe weren't expecting or things like people reaching out to you Yeah, since you started? Yeah, that's been kind of recent. You know, I think episode seven was the first time we had a business and a charity in one episode and kind of like worked that, um, worked that angle or worked that partnership out. So we're like, okay, here's where the magic is, is a business and a nonprofit. And then episode eight, you see us like, that's like another example, like just one episode jump. We put that on steroids and get one charity and like five businesses and like, it's us figuring out, okay, what happens if we get five now instead of one? Yeah. Um, so after that, we had a, a chamber of commerce reach out to us in Mon Valley, and they said we have this event coming up on September, I believe fifteenth, maybe sixteenth. I should check that. Uh, called Mon Valley Sizzles, and it's at the Carry Furnaces, and they are going to be supporting seven different charities. So they said, "Can you help us promote this event by making a spare change episode where you showcase the Mon Valley community?" So that's a new angle. That's a new opportunity. And yeah. That's, that's what episode nine is going to be. Um, and then we've also had some, some recent offers of, can you, can you do some kind of like documentary work? And that's interesting as so well. So things outside of spare yeah, change. Yeah. Like, can you take the spare change vibe and sort of inject it into our thing? Yeah. And that's where we're kind of learning right now of what we want to do and what we don't want to do. And, and kind of, we're, we're sort of asking ourselves as we go, where do we see this, where do we see this landing? And the one thing that has worked so far has sort of been not not pushing back against what the market is saying, and I say market like a general term, but like when when an opportunity presents itself, or when something seems like a a, a next step, um, going with that flow and trying to just trying to see what is there. So if there is a long term goal, I think it's to sustain this this thing that and that empowers us to help a lot of people to do something that's like also socially conscious and, and positive. Yeah. But like what that looks like a year from now, I really don't know. And that's probably one of the best things about this is like all of us in our group trying to stay very much in the present. Like it's easy to get carried away. It's easy to think 30 steps ahead, especially for someone like me. I think all the time I'm always like, <laughs> but I think we've all been trying as a team to be like, okay, what is what is the next step? What's the one thing I can do today that's going to get us one moment closer to whatever that large goal is? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, with all of the opportunities that come your way, there's going to get to it might get to that point where you need to start like pushing things away yeah. because you can only take on so much work because totally. you have a life outside of this as yeah. well and other things. Yeah. And that gets complicated. Totally. It, but it's, I feel the most important thing is just to keep it fun and positive and productive. Yeah. Well, that's, and a, that's a good point. Like you have to be enjoying it. Exactly. That, that's where you can use your hours outside of work in an efficient way. Like if my thing was basketball and I just love basketball after work, I assume I'd be playing basketball. I just happen to love what we're doing with spare change. So it doesn't feel like work. 
it feels like this fun exercise that we do and and it almost feels like we're we're pretending to be this like I don't want to say pretending but like it's just a group of friends that that stumbled across this vision of like oh we can help people and make cool stuff by doing this it's 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 so interesting how you've uh, put so much into one thing yeah because it's all productive in the sense of honing in video editing abilities right uh your ability to fundraise and connect with people help communities yeah you still get to play music that's the thing it's, <laughs> it's, it's a very like rich experience yeah. like there's, it's not like i'm just like i just want to do line art drawing and it's one thing i it's like there's so much there there's there's shows to play music wise there's you know the fundraising aspect there's the you know sort of like philanthropy aspect there's the creativity like so like that's why I think it's coming so naturally for all of us in this crew because there's a lot to sort of sink your teeth into. And, you know, maybe one day you're practicing the guitar for another show uh -huh. and another day you're learning how to do like the masking editing effect. Yeah. So it, it all levels up to the spare change thing, but where you want to put your time into can be different from di one day to the next. That's what's cool about it. Totally. So rewinding yeah. just a bit to go back your day. You said you were playing in a band. Yeah. New Jersey. Uh-huh. What kind of happened with that? Like, like how did that come to be? Not ne like, not necessarily how it came to be, but obviously where it, it ended at some point. Yeah. So like, you know, you're saying you mentioned living, we live in the dream in quotes sure, and whatnot, yeah. but did it become a thing that just became too much or did you, did, no. what, did you have a different calling in life that kind of brought you out of it? Well, so, somewhat. So like to paint the picture, we graduated from Penn state in 2009 and we had just spent about like one year as this band called table 10. And even that was one of those things that it wasn't supposed to be anything. It was like a couple of friends playing open mic night the bar owner was like, what's your name? You need to pick a name. And we just were sitting at table 10. And You seem to stumble into a lot of things. Well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe it's that or maybe it's that, you know, I think, I think that what I've found is like when something's working, just stick with it. Totally. You know, like yeah. I, we could easily get distracted with spare change and go on to something else, but – like, like we said before, there's a lot to sink into. So with the band, it's funny that you say that because as much as it seems like uh, it was like no thought behind it, I, so many hours of thought of like, okay, now the band, like I just- oh, it, Totally, yeah. It gets invested when it, Again, when it becomes. It's that uh, painting that social media picture. Yeah, you know, totally. Seeing, seeing the end result, but yeah. not the hustle. I think the, the spark is the moment of like it happening naturally, like whether spirit change- when we saw that first video, okay, there's something here. With Table 10, it was, we have enough of a of a thing that we're being asked who the, what the band is. And when you have that spark, that's the moment where you go, okay, this is happening naturally. My hustle, or whatever you want to call it, is the gasoline. And yeah. what you're seeing with Spirit Change is like, now it looks like there's kind of a bit of a fire starting. Uh -huh. Same thing with Table 10. So we started playing. We had about a year underneath, underneath our belt. And after a year, we were graduating. And it was like that time, like 2009, recession. A lot of people, like a lot of our friends just couldn't find jobs. And I'm thinking to myself, like, there's something. Like, we're playing like three or four shows in State College a week. And people were reacting to it. And it was still this raw thing. Um guitar, bass, and per hand percussion. 
Excuse me. Um, you got me with the sparkling water. <laughs> so after that period of college, I started call, cold calling uh, booking agencies. Like, hey, we're this band at Penn State. We got this thing going. Like, we we're the we're the guys, you know. We weren't we weren't really yet, but <laughs> yeah, like, but I'm selling it. They right? don't know. Yeah. And uh, the one agency I really wanted to, to sign with was Media Five, which probably people don't know about out here too much, but they're based out of Allentown and they signed the bands Live and Fuel and Breaking Benjamin. So like big Pennsylvania bands, right? And um, they were like, cool guys. We like, we like what you're about. You know, don't have anything for you right now, but, uh, you know, let us know. And they called us one night and we're like, we got a showcase and a band canceled. Can you guys be at this city in two hours? And it was like, two hours on the dot and Antonio, our drummer at the time had class the next morning, like 8am class. And it's one of those moments where like, it would have been much easier to be like, no, we'll catch you next time. We were just like, we got to go. Like we plowed on the car. We went there. So like we spent the first summer then after that in the Jersey shore and Delaware, Maryland playing music full time. And that was like the Holy shit. We made it moment. Like we are living the dream now and part of my language. And uh, I know you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was the crazy moment for us because it was like, we're, we're really in a band. Wow. Right. And then we went back to state college because in the fall and winter, you could play four or five shows a week in that town. So when the summer scene goes away, you go back there and you kind of get better and you put time in and get to live in this beautiful college town. And after that first summer, I met, um, my girlfriend at the time, coincidentally, was our drummer's cousin, who I knew from Penn State, but we met, we played in Pittsburgh. We played Bar Louie. They used to have a stage there, and we just hit it off, and just like magic. So the two of us have been together ever since. And after the second summer away, you know, that was such a weird thing, because the first summer, you're like, yeah, we made it. The second summer, I'm like, oh, I want to be with her. Yeah, you have a, a, a life that's bigger <laughs> than your art and yeah. your, your work. And that and was the like first that. time yeah. where it was like such a clear vision of this band thing. And I was like, okay, let me like have this greater perception. So that second summer, we're living at the shore again and we have this beautiful beach house and we're playing eight shows a week. We, we maxed out. We're like, if we're going to go down there and do this, let's just go all the way. So like one show a day and every Sunday, two shows. And I mean, we hustled. But I had this epiphany moment to answer your, that's a long-winded answer, but to answer your question, I was walking to the ocean because every day we just go to the beach and then we have our show at 10 p.m. And I was had this moment where I saw these houses that were on the street we lived on. And I was like, these houses, like I live in one of these houses, but this is not my house. Like these are these people's houses. And it just kind of like hit me this level of like reality where I looked at where I was at and I've always been pretty good about looking at where I'm pointed, what direction. And a lot of, you could have milked that career out. I mean, every year you play in that, you know, especially like cover Jersey Shore beach circuit, every year you play in that circuit, you can ask for more money because you become more of a, a known name. So like we could have worked that for decades easily. We, were, we already had that figured out. But I saw these guys that were in their 50s or whatever, still doing it, playing the covers and stuff. And it was never supposed to be about covers for us. It was about original music. It's just how we kind of worked out what we did. And I just, it hit me. I was just like, it's not, this isn't it. 
this isn't the thing. And a lot of people were shocked by that. <laughs> my family was shocked by that. And the funny thing is that usually the family's like, when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> my, family was, my family was like, what are you doing? Like, what do you mean you're going to go not play music? It was like a really weird thing. But like, I knew that, I knew that my wife, Jill, was my wife. I knew it. Like, it was like, ne nothing has ever been so clear in my life that, than knowing her to be the one. So I moved then to, we lived in New Stanton outside of Pittsburgh and had to like pivot into this world of like corporate from being in a band for three years. That, how was that? Had you ever worked a job like that prior? Not like that. I mean, I've worked my entire life. I've worked. I've worked since I was 13 years old caddying. Uh, are you splitting up the film? It went off. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard it. Oh, I, heard okay. the, I heard the lens retract. Um, so I started working when I was 13, caddying. I drove a beer truck in my college job. So I always worked. Like working came natural to me. But never like, never post-college, obviously, working a, a job where I have to like wear a suit and tie. Yeah. So like that was a transition definitely to come out of the band world and go from being like you're your boss, creative, to like not anymore. So you came from the band world to Pittsburgh? Yep. Okay. How long ago was that? Then? That was... 2013, 20, okay. 2012, 2013. Okay, so about three, four years ago. Three, four years ago, yeah. And you didn't know anybody else in the city outside nope. of your girlfriend, wife, fiance, yeah. whatever? No. At that point in time. <laughs> didn't know anybody. But like, <laughs> yeah. part of it for me was that she was always so cool with, like, it's not easy to date a guy that's in a band on tour. Yeah. So for me, it was like, if she can do that, I can come here and like, I'll figure it out. Like, you know, I'll work, I'll meet people and that's what this will become. Obviously you eventually did. I think I'm starting to. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming together for yeah. sure. It feels like it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and having a, my good friend, Jared, like I mentioned before, I've known since 13, he moved out here with his wife and that, that helped because we've known oh, awesome. him forever too. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a whole crew, like we were the only band in the beach circuit that all had serious girlfriends and all three of those girls became our wives so that we got a little bit of a crew now yeah, yeah. it's been good awesome yeah and then whenever he came down did you start doing music together again not or? immediately yeah you know we we kept saying like we should do this we should play one of those things and like we were in that that period of like you know i have a difficult time it's funny like i have a difficult time com committing to things because i know that once i do I'm all in. That's like me with TV shows. Yeah? Yeah. Like, you mean like picking which ones you're going to watch? Or just watching them in general. Yeah. Because like, I so for like a, a reference point, I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. Me either. And everybody's like freaking out. Yeah. I'm like, I'm way too, I'm gone now. I don't have the time to dedicate to watching like yeah, six or seven seasons exactly. to catch up. Totally because right. Because if I start to. watching it, I'll do it. I watched all of Stranger Things in one night. I haven't seen that yet either. Same reason. I just... It's great. Yeah. But that was the thing was I started watching it and I really liked it. And I was like, I know if I stop watching this now, yeah. I won't get back to these episodes for months. Totally. So I just stayed up all night and then went to You're work like, the next day. I'm doing it. Like, Now's the time. I'm going to knock it out yeah. and be just put it behind me. Yeah. That, there's only eight episodes. Totally how I am. I could be done things. with these by six. Yeah. So like we're, <laughs> we're so trying to figure out like the, the band or playing and stuff. It was like, let's do a acoustic thing or let's do this. And it's just hard to like pick the pathway. Um, so like we, we eventually started playing a couple duo shows together. 
And just because it was like, why, why not? You know, we're both here. We've been playing music together since we were 13. Like Jared and I, when we, when we jam together, like it's a very much like, there's not a lot of th- like conscious thought. It's like you get on that wavelength and you kind of know where the other person's going. Yeah. Like when you sync really well with another musician, it just kind of works. That's how Jared and I always have been. So like once we started grooving with that, then we eventually met Pete who like, it's funny, like I have, Nothing but fantastic things to say about Pete, who, if you guys know, runs the open mic at Pints on Pen. Fantastic. He's not playing with us anymore. So, like, okay. But he was a big part of what how Spare Change became to be. Yeah. So, we started jamming with Pete. We've met him online, and he's just this guy who just loves playing music. And that was great. It's what we needed at the time. We tried out a couple bass players. It didn't quite fit. And then we realized, okay, this three piece sounds a lot like Table 10 did. So we called it that and started playing out. So that only happened, you know, we've only been doing that for about a year. And really, like, the whole idea was, like, let's just play some low-key shows to sort of knock the rust off. Because we've played, like, the crazier places we've played have been, like, like we played at Thon, like Bryce Jordan Center. Okay. 15,000 people, like, crazy stuff. So for us, it was like, I don't want to... Like we're not that band that rocked the Bryce Jordan Center. We're like figuring it out again. <laughs> yeah. So like, let's just play a little bit to like see what's here and knock the rust off. And in that moment of like playing out a little bit, spirit change happened. And that's where like this whole thing kind of leads to is like, what? Like we're on this roller coaster ride now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a conscious decision to? brand spare change as spare change and not use the band name from before that's a great question uh well the name spare change happened so i mean it's obviously a better name for what you're doing it makes perfect sense (laughs) well there's more to that story actually because my like nickname in high school was spare change (laughs) okay the plot thickens yeah i don't know if people (laughs) know this do tell so like a really good friend of mine his name is jeff Hillen, awesome guy. And he's one of those people we talked about before that, you know, hustles and is someone that you can call and that he inspires me when we talk on the phone. Like we've always been just great friends. But one thing that we used to do was like in high school, there's not a lot to do in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, especially when you're like 16. Sure. So we would just like cruise around and throw on instrumental rap songs and like we had this fake rap group we called Lancaster to Luxury. Okay. It was like just... It was funny to us. Yeah, so totally. like in that humor, what would be the funniest rap name you could come up with? Not 50 Cent, who was huge at the time, you'll be spare change. So that's Perfect. how this whole thing happened. Okay. And uh, I'll have to post, like Jeff was my best man at my wedding and he gave this great speech referencing spare change. So just to prove that that this goes <laughs> way back. So uh, when the name spare change came up, it was just what we called that first video. Like here's spare change. And it it was like such like a serendipity type of moment where it's like, yeah, oh that's like God. a light bulb moment. Yeah. And it was like, and he called me <laughs> a couple episodes in. And he was like, do you realize how crazy this is right now that like you're doing this thing that people are recognizing you for and it's called spare change. So that's kind of part of the reason it went that direction. And uh, obviously it makes sense to what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that early on we realized like, I guess there there was a desire to have some kind of separation because I hope my vision still is one day to have other bands do what we're doing and they become like the the centerpiece of the episode. Okay. And possibly we're still involved in like 
showing them how we do what we do, but like feature other bands. So it's not just, so there's a division between table 10, the band and spare change. Okay. So, so if you were on the show, it would be table 10, but then say some other bands on it's the show is still spare change. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. So the band's name is not supposed to be spare change. No, but we've found that people have called us that and that's cool. I think there's another band called spare change that's very confused right now. <laughs> Down south, <laughs> and they've got like a good following. So, like, shout out to the real ba- band Spare Change. But like, I know they're confused because they keep getting tagged in like really crazy like oh, videos no. of charity and stuff. <laughs> but like, it's a different thing. So uh, it's not like we have to worry about like infringement or anything. But I definitely am trying to be conscious about not calling the band Spare Change just out of respect for them and their whole thing. Absolutely. But yeah, that division's because we want to eventually have other bands on the show and do what we do. Yeah, the other thing I was going to ask you before, which then I answered in my head because I realized that you did you know, the show out in Penn State, but yeah. taking the show on the road, but maybe even further like outside to. of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'd like to. You know, right now it's it's very much uh, like a bootstrap thing. Like, and there's probably enough here to keep you busy for a while too. Definitely, there's. I mean, a lot to sink your teeth into with this city, and you know, we haven't we haven't done some things I'd like to do in this town, um, especially when there's events coming up. Like, events are great times for us to get out there and, and fundraise because we can just take the bucket out and be like, "Yo, we got this thing." So uh, that's always a good moment. But I definitely could see it growing that direction where. You know, we do an episode in Nashville would be crazy to go out in the street and kind of busk there. And yeah. it also lets us get back to our roots, you know, of like just playing for change on a corner. Um, I like that too. Like I like rolling up our sleeves and just like hustling. So I would like to do that. I'd love to go to New York. Probably the closest things in our sites right now would be going back to my hometown of Lancaster and telling that story. And also our old drummer, Antonio, who's my wife's cousin like i said before he lives in dc now okay and plays with a duo down there called calder and pew and they're awesome so i want to go to dc at some point and like kind of reunite with him for an episode yeah and tell that story you could so. merge have like kind of a cross band promotion yeah, thing totally yeah. that that'd be a ton of fun and unfortunately i'd be i was like really curious to ask the question about how people respond to this, what you're doing in different markets, but it's just too early to ask that question, yeah, probably. Well, the, what's the first time we've tried to actually saturate a outside of Pittsburgh market with episode eight that's out right now? Yeah. And uh, we've experimented with how, like there are advertising dollars behind the video, but not a lot. Like it, it gets organically shared. Like if you're if you're in our group, and if you're in our, we call it like the spare change movement, if you're part of this crew, that's pretty much the call to action is like share the video, you know? Um, and eventually I think that might be like share the video and like actually kick some change to the charity. Like yeah. I, would, I would love nothing more than like if a ton of people just like were like, all right, here's 75 cents. Because that can, people don't realize how far that could go with a lot of people doing it. Yeah. That excites me. But this is our first time trying to target a new audience that's not, you know, the Pittsburgh market. And that's been kind of cool to try out because obviously there are a lot of people in Pittsburgh that have Penn State connections. So that catches their attention. And there's a lot of people in State College that I don't think are used to scrolling through their Facebook feed and seeing their town in this way. So we have one ad running right now that says like, uh, share this video if you heart State College and then kind of explains what we did. And that's like probably one of the best ads we've created 
because the heart emoji catches your attention quickly. Like it's it's all like that's the thoughtful part. Like I would I would never put a heart emoji in like a text or something. Like it's not my style. <laughs> but I realized like it catches your eye as you're scrolling through the feed. And there's reasons behind like why oh, emojis in general. Yeah. And then when the video starts, you're seeing this shot of Mount Nittany that you don't usually see. It's the backside of it. And then it goes to that corner room shot, which is like a very uh, well-known Penn State thing. Yeah. So like those things are happening for a purpose. So yeah. it catches your attention through the feed. So like we're we're expanding there. Now what we're, we're seeing is a lot of people in State College are liking our page and our page has grown um, a lot from this current episode. So I think like that's part of the fun of it is as we grow and go out to different places or like target DC or Lancaster, we can kind of saturate into a new market and that gives us more opportunities to make it, you know, a Pennsylvania thing one day and not just a Pittsburgh thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that you'll always kind of see this Pittsburgh roots. Like even though it's this episode in State College, there's a point to say we're leaving from outside of Pittsburgh and you'll see like we're all wearing like Pittsburgh gear and stuff like yeah. that. And you also have a connection because you know you went to school there. Oh yeah. So it's totally. still something that's close to you. Totally. Yeah. You brought up before having the spare change movement sharing the videos and things yeah. like that and just how much that helps. And yeah, it's huge. It's everything. It's so hard trying to explain that to people sometimes. It, yeah. I just don't think that they always get it. If they're not somebody who is putting out content, content. that needs people to share it, they don't understand how Valuable. just a like or a share is. Yeah. So like working it's worth so much. It yes. <laughs> like sharing a video leaves a a wake of attention behind it. And what I try to explain to people, especially like when we're partnering with a, a nonprofit, like in this video, we're partnering with Acres Project. Mm -hmm. And for them, this uh, social media world's new. And they're like, give us instructions on what you want us to do. And I, I explain like Facebook is an algorithm. It's trying to capture things that they think the user is going to enjoy. And they do that by seeing what people are reacting to and they put it in front of you if they think it's relevant in your feed. So sharing it gets that in front of, you know, like if you share my video, your friends and family will probably see that video. So that that adds so much, but also every like, comment can can sort of trick or, or notify that algorithm like there's something to be seen at this destination. Sure. So like we try to get everyone to say like, Every time we have a video come out, we try to find a way to make people comment with something. So that's why we always have like a, a cool giveaway or a call to action. Um, and I'm awful about it. Like I'm awful about picking the winner. So I need to do that still from episode <laughs> seven. I will do it. I have the, the giveaway. But that's a great way to get people to comment and post something and start a dialogue. So we're always trying to like talk to people as well. Like a lot of times if you share the video, you get a comment from me saying like, thank you. And it's not like the spare change page, it's like my personal thing, like, thank you. So uh, that's how we that's how we build it is really based off of, of sharing the video. And the funny thing that you probably know from making so much content is like, there, the power in that, like if this network of people that I'm sure you have a ton of friends now that share every video because they, they're in your crew, you know, they're in this network that you have. Sure. If everyone collaborates and said like, tomorrow we're going to share this thing, it would have enough of a bump to even get outside of our market in yeah. Pittsburgh, I, but it takes collaboration. Yeah. I have, you know, I have 
lists. I, my whole life is lists. I make lists for everything. But I have like a spreadsheet of people that engage with my content on a basis that's so regular that yeah. it's noticeable. Yeah. And then if any time I'm putting out something serious, mm-hmm. I shoot them a private message like, Hey, I know I always see you sharing my stuff around. Like I'm really going to need your help on this next thing. Yeah. You know, you got my back on this, just share it a couple times big, or do man. whatever, you know, and that hustle is whatever where, you got to do where just, it happens. Yeah. And it's just, I think making people feel like they're included and letting them know that what they're doing is making a difference. Big time. And that's why we, we've been trying to create this as something that's bigger than just, there's four of us in our spare change crew, me, Jared, Taylor, and Alan. And like, honestly, there's been people that we've met that are doing cool stuff. Like this episode nine, there's a guy named Ethan who has got a film company called First Victory Films. And he just lives like kind of north of Pittsburgh, but he's awesome, man. He's got his own vlog. He takes great video. And we just kind of linked up on Instagram and he was like, hey, can I come film at your next, we had a show at Wiggle Whiskey. And I was like, yeah. And then, you know, it, it's like that sort of thing, like finding people that have that same mindset or people like you said that you can just hit up and know like they're going to help you out. That's such a big deal. Like this whole thing wouldn't exist if we didn't have a crew of people that were in that mindset of like, let's help this video get legs. Yeah. And it's hard. It's It can be difficult because you don't want to be the person that's like, like we all get those like requests on Facebook that's like like my page and you know, you know yeah like there's Joe Bob selling like shoes now or candles mm-hmm. or something like that and it's tough because like you want to support your friends and at the same time you don't want to like you don't I don't want to always turn to my friends and be like share this video share this video share. so I try to be number one conscious about not over like asking and trying to make that that the give that we're giving and like the video and the moment like that try to make it enough of a, I guess, a gift in a way. Like making it so people want to share it naturally is a big part of it, you know? Like yeah. making them feel good. Like why do people share things? It makes them laugh, it makes them feel good, you know? It makes them feel good about themselves. So try to hit that mark where and if, it happens naturally. If you're asking somebody to share something from their account, it seems like a very small action, but it's a very personal thing. It's a cosign. And it's, and Exactly. And Big that's time. super personal. A lot yeah. of people take that stuff very seriously. They curate their own vibe, you yeah. know? So, so, you know, if somebody needs to really feel confident in your product to yeah. be like, you know, this is the shirt that I want to wear today, you know, this is the the dish that I'm bringing to the potluck today yeah. for everyone. Totally. Dive in. Totally. You know, this is tasty and you're all going to love it. Yeah. And, and trying to figure out, like, reverse engineering is a big part of it. Like, what is going to be the thing that gets shared? You know, that video or the website for organ donation that was created struck a nerve with that community of transplantation and donation, you know? It, it was what they wanted to share. They just didn't yeah. have that. So creating a thing that, that comes nat- like that people want to co-sign is a part of it, you know? Creating, you said before about creating spare change as a brand. Yeah, it is kind of becoming a brand and that you know what you're getting. You're going to get like cool music that you're going to be able to learn about who these bands are that you probably didn't think about before. And you're going to get, you know, uh, a cool adventure that we include you on. So when we're driving around in the truck or something like that, you feel like you're in the truck with us. And if we win, you win. Like I want that shared experience. Yeah. That's why we try to look at the camera and talk to the audience and not just like, we're not acting. Has this sort of, you're along for the ride with us. Yeah. Yes. Type of thing. Yep. And, you know, we're just a bunch of 
regular dudes. Yeah. And you could do something like this too if you really wanted you, to. And the thing is, you could. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is that, you know, for a group like the Acres Project that's really just starting out, this is the charity that we're helping out in episode eight. I can't tell you, I, like, yes, would it be great if everyone donated money to them? Absolutely. No doubt about it. And I, but there's something to be said about this community of State College right now. This is the buzz thing that's happening there. Like, there's articles being written about this episode. That's new for us, too. But, like, they are getting all this attention. Like, the, it just hit 30,000 views in a week, which is the biggest episode we've ever had. The last one did 30,000 in two weeks. So it's like, it's... And everyone would tell you that, why are you putting out a 17-minute video on Facebook? And there's, there's, there's points to that, too. But the thing about it is, like, people sh sharing it. Yeah, Facebook's the way to go for sharing video. <laughs> yeah. YouTube is not it. It's Well, we're trying to work that. We're having it's that argument there, right now. It's just, it's a, I feel like, depending on what you're doing, for me, it's just that, and I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. But I find that it's a lot harder to get con YouTube content to go viral on Facebook unless it's something that's, your target demo is a much younger audience. It's because Facebook doesn't want it to go viral unless it's a Facebook video. There's that too. Yeah. But also the algorithm the other thing about it's the algorithm and a combination of just what does well on YouTube right now, which yeah. is like makeup tutorials and video <laughs> game related things yeah. and just stuff that's like that 18 and under crowd. Well, we had this dialogue with episode eight, especially, and you know, all of our our marketing dollars, which is not a lot, but like what we do put into that, we put into Facebook just because we can get the, the video in front of people we want to get in front of. Absolutely. Like, You've a lot of control over it. Yeah. And that's the, that's a real great thing. And obviously the fact that it plays naturally, like it just starts playing. That's great too. But, uh, we definitely had a dialogue internally. It was like, is this the episode that we just put on YouTube and do like a one minute promo that we put on Facebook to drive you to YouTube? You should almost do the opposite. In a way, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but that that was the thing is like, because our question was, do would people watch a seventeen minute Facebook video? Because I wouldn't naturally, and that's usually what I, drives me. Like, would I do it if it's good? There you go, and that was where we left it at. It was like, this is the thing that's going to be the differentiator. Is number one, if if it is really good, it will win, and then the other thing is that Facebook right now wants to get into the game of long form video. They want to be your TV, so that's betting on the algorithm wanting to show people a long form video so they can get in that habit. No, that's there's so there's two things. One, somebody also doesn't need to watch all 17 minutes to right. learn about what spare change is, what the acres project is and what you're doing in the video. Yeah. It's all explained in those first few minutes. Yep. So the knowledge is there. And if somebody is really, really interested, they can learn more. Mm -hmm. But if they're, you know, not interested or if they're too busy to watch all of it, that information's still there. They're still getting it yeah. right up front. Yeah. So you just kind of cram all the important stuff in the beginning. Like <laughs> yeah. just kind of like a rundown, like a quick, like the back of a novel. Like well, this is what's going on. That's why it starts with, with the nonprofit. I mean, obviously yeah. there's context of us driving up there, but the first thing is us being at their house and talking about, you know, that one out of every 68 children has is diagnosed with autism. Like those, those points that I wanted to make sure people got, because like, I'm not from that that world, and I didn't know these things myself. So I said, if, if nothing else, we'll hit those points out of the gate. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do right now with episode nine is 
kind of create like a title card that's going to pop up in the beginning to where like if you never saw an episode before in the first 30 seconds, you're going to understand that we are a group of guys, you know, for now. I mean, ladies are welcome to join. <laughs> if we, but like right now, a group yeah. of guys. And uh, we we connect businesses, nonprofits. We play music. Like you're going to get that real quickly, like almost like a title sequence. That way, if you just happen to scroll through, what the heck is this thing? You get that. So we're trying to like ourselves trying to pare that down. Yeah. Um, Obviously, as you create stuff, you'll see what's working positively. Yeah. And then you'll also figure out what you're not doing right. Yeah. And then you just change it. Instead of going right. like, oh, we messed it all up. Time to <laughs> yeah. hang it up. Just yeah. Like, that's what's been kind of cool is like if you do, if you are so inclined to watch episode one to episode eight, you'll see those moments of like leveling up where, you know, when the drone becomes a thing, it's a big moment. You're like, whoa, it's got, it got more and more, uh, there's more perspective to it. You know, episode eight to me is like the most cinematic one where you're like, you feel like you're kind of watching a short well, yeah, film. You have all those insane woods that are out by yeah. uh, Penn state. And st yeah, so it's a totally. So it's like a really, it's really awesome looking. Out yeah. There. Especially yeah. like hitting state college in the summertime is a beautiful thing. So uh -huh. that's where I think, you know, for us, it's like when we started, there was no drone. When we started, there was no, like it was, and that's, you get there by like we get from the beginning, we talked about just doing, yeah, finding people that have the same vision as you, bringing them in, going with the flow and learning as you go. And that, that's how I think you kind of get to that destination. Um, the one thing I want to touch on that we, kind of jumped away from is like for that charity acres project to see the value of a share we talked about that for them is so much like i can't imagine how excited they are to have i'm excited to have a video that's being seen this much and it's somewhat normal now to us you know yeah. but for them to be the talk of the town is such a cool thing you know to, the thought that people in state college are are seeing the film about them and, and in Pittsburgh as well. So that's where we talked about the value of a share. It really means a lot to these people to know that their story is getting out there. And uh, what we try to do is sort of, when you're getting your medicine of like, what is this charity and nonprofit, wrap it in like the sugar of like us having a great time and great music and just having fun. So it doesn't feel like you're getting this like charity documentary. You're sure. just like, hey, let's watch these these guys who are now my friends Go do this cool thing. Yeah. That's the vibe we're trying to I create. I think it's important. Yeah. Just be like, these are real people helping real people do real important things. Yeah. That are helping other real people. Yeah. You know, it's just. And like, we're not, I'm not doing anything near where, what the people at the Acres Project or the people at the horse farm breaking free in episode seven, like at Humane Animal Rescue, all these people, like. Are, those are the people. Like They're those, doing it every day. Yeah, those are the people that are rolling their sleeves up and owning it and living it and doing it. What I think we're just offering is like, let's create something. Let's use what we know from social media and marketing and like creating something content-wise. Let's use that for good and just just show these people who are doing these amazing things. Because, you know, I think... The, <laughs> you're almost like the very big share button that you're... Yeah. That, you're in turn hoping people share your video. You're almost like their share button by creating yeah. this gigantic content and throwing it out into the world. Yeah, totally. Like it's just about, it's kind of like, can we shine a light on cool stuff by, you know, creating a vibe and, and sort of shining that light on them? Because 
the other thing that's cool too about what you're doing is it has that like a an aesthetic I hate using that word, yes. but it's it's a it's it's grammar, it's vocabulary. Yeah. That aesthetic that I think appeals to a demographic of people that might overlook charity and things like that because they're just always in their phones, you know, looking at Pinterest or whatever, yeah. not to stereotype our yeah. generation. But that's how they are. Yeah. A lot sure. of them, unfortunately. A lot of people I think unfortunately overlook things like charities and things like that. Yeah, because, well, it's like they want to like people because they're just like oh it's like again that resistance thing like mm-hmm. I I'm just not gonna think about this I'm not gonna do it but then you know people see that somebody that they can relate to like yeah someone that like this is somebody like me that's going to do this thing so maybe now it's okay for me to be involved with it yeah because it, I, I think what what you know it can be intimidating to think about a charity and you, you want to do so much more and you want to help. And it's hard. Like, where do you start? And when you see these people that are just committing their lives, like this is their entire thing. It's again, it's intimidating. And I think we might be like, if, if nothing else, sort of like a, a, a entry point where you go, Oh, I could, I could go donate at a horse farm or donate my time at a horse farm and help veterans. Or I could go to this house where they're kind of trying to create back to you know work programs for people with adult adults with autism, and that's where I think like you know we don't know what the effect of this is going to be quite yet. It's so early to tell, but hopefully people can think, wow, it's not that it's not that intimidating I if I just start. I think it's too. I think a lot of people which just they're not unfortunately they're tuned out to things until it becomes relevant to them. Yeah, you know maybe sometimes in like really unfortunate circumstances where they're not aware of a thing or something until yeah. it gets dropped in their lap. Totally. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really good point. And, and you know, if you're in a situation where like you don't have to be connected to a cause or a thing or whatever, then I think that's a great, great reminder of how lucky you are. Totally. And then only kind of reinforces your, position and to be able to help. But I know? think that that could make it hard for some people figuring out what they want to contribute to. Yeah. You know, cause if they don't, there's, <laughs> if you're just somebody that has a, a very fortunate stance in life. Yeah. And you look at all the potential problems and things that you can help. It's, it's very dense. Yeah. It's option paralysis. But we're also talking, that's perfect. Option paralysis absolutely exists <laughs> for committing to a charity and it's reinforcing what we talked about from the jump, which is like, it also can prevent you from doing things. Yeah. Because it's always going to be easier to just not do. Exactly. And I can, I could dwell on the fact that, you know, we're only able to do so much for the Acres Project. Like, when this is done, it was a video, you know, like, it's, it's relatively small compared to the, the, what they're doing, but it's something. Yeah. And, and that's I think the power, I think. You probably gave them maybe the encouragement or just the knowledge to know that they could be something bigger than what they were before you stepped in because now you know they have other people reaching out to them and the articles and everything you were talking about so now it's just sort of this thing where yeah like oh we can like this is yeah if, crazy if any of them and hopefully they're learning from it if any of them get like any kind of like benefit from it from their day to day, that's a huge win to me. And another big part of this that we haven't really talked about yet is the businesses getting involved and how a 
the businesses in a community can affect positive change by working together. Maybe it's also using their, their network to share content that actually helps others. Um, in episode eight, we sort of exercised that challenge to these, these businesses to say, hey, we will, we'll work you into this episode if you donate to Acres Project. And you know what I found is like businesses usually want to be charitable if they can, um, but they also don't know like they don't know how necessarily, or if they do, it's like maybe a personal thing. It's, so you're giving them an option, kind of. Yeah. And also like we're also giving them credit for it. Totally. You know, and that's a big part. Like they should get credit. Like if I'm going to vote with my dollars, as people say, on a business, I like to know who the people are behind it. And I like to know that, you know, they're the kind of people that are going to support a cause. And it's more than just a company. And, you know, we saw that reinforced in the State College Episode 8 because you see, you know, the boxing gym, which has no, like, role, rhyme, reason to associate or be a part of uh, a house that helps adults with autism. But it works. And they were inspired to help out because it's their community. So sometimes it's just like, giving the opportunity and letting things occur naturally because it's not us. Like we're not like recruiting these people and like forcing them to like help out. It's just like opening up the door. And that's where we talked about like what resistance is there. Just opening that door of opportunity can start a whole wave of things. Occurring. Totally. And the more that you do this and the more of a portfolio essentially that you build as proof of receipt, like, yeah. Look at all this stuff that we've been doing. You know, this isn't just yeah. us like blowing smoke. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy He's, to look backwards too and be like, whoa, like you don't get to, <laughs> when you're trying to be in the moment, you don't get to like look back or, you know. Oh, totally. It would have been so easy to stop so many times along this journey so far, just because it's again, easier to just do nothing. Uh-huh. But then you look up and you go, wow, we just created eight episodes in six months and the ninth one's filmed already, and you it only that that moment occurs when you just put your head down, and just do you know, yeah. just work. And we are so lucky, our crew, that when we work on this stuff, it's for a good purpose. And then you know, if if people feel good watching our videos, they uh, I can't even begin to describe how great it feels to like just it makes me be the best version of myself. Like truthfully, like I, I swore earlier and I'm still worried about that. Not that I don't, like, not that, it's not that I don't swear. Like I'm a, and I explained this to I'm someone. I'm swearing a lot less on this episode for the yeah, record. Yeah, that's funny. Like, cause it's not that I'm not like, I, I, it's not that I won't like do that, but it really, when you're shining that kind of light, I'm just more conscious about it. Sure. And, and I think that's part of what you see or what I think you're going to see. Like we're making a conscious decision for episode nine and what you might see in the next few episodes to let people learn a little bit more about who we are as people, because we, I don't want you to think like we're anything out of the norm. Like we're just four dudes right now that are like, like, yeah, like we want to give back, but it's not like we, we're not saints. We're not anything. We're just guys. Right. So like, I want people to see the dialogues we have in the car. I want people to have an understanding of how we interact with each other and I think in doing that will help inspire more people so they don't feel like it's a, a great barrier of entry because, we, again, we're just four normal people. So that's where I think the direction is going to go next is um, 
kind of bringing people a little bit further into uh, the car and who we are and when we're talking and letting them see that part of it, which we really haven't quite yet. We started with episode eight. You saw a little more dialogue, like the mountain scene, yeah. letting people come into that story. But now I think the next step is really sort of like taking down that fourth wall completely and really making you feel like you're in that, that seat with us. So that's where we're headed next, I think. Awesome. So we could probably wrap this up here in a moment. All right. We've been, we got a good time, time stamp on there. Cool. Is there anything that you would like to add or promote? I'm going to, I'll have uh, the links and stuff to this connected to the episode when it gets posted, but you can, you can spit them off if you'd like to. Yeah. I mean, pretty much across social media, you can find us by searching Spirit Change TV. Um, The website is spiritchange.tv. And I would just say this, like if there's anyone listening out there that is inspired to be involved or help, I'll... I'll explain that, you know, we are, although we have some insight of what we're doing, we're very much figuring it out as we go. If you're a business that wants to be an episode, we'd love to hear that. If you're a charity that like could use some something, whether it's like, you know, um, we just played a concert for Science Tots and they help with teaching science, technology, engineering, um, math to to children and they just need volunteers. So like whatever that thing might be, I'm opening the door to those opportunities. And if if we can make it work, we'll we'll try our hardest. And uh, if nothing else, if you just have some ideas you want to throw out, you know, we'd love to hear them. We, we're very much still uh, of the community. And although there's four of us in this crew right now doing it, I mean, there's no barrier of entry if people want to help out and be involved. And that's what we could use the most is like, just throw great ideas out. We'll try to shoot for it. And then through that, we'll uh, hopefully land in a place that helps out a lot of people. I like it. Cool, man. I like it too. <laughs> well, thank you for coming over. Thank you. And it's been I, great. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I really, really like what you're doing with the spare change stuff. It's I just, appreciate that. I like what you're awesome. doing. I know we just talked about me for a long time. Well, that's the whole point. I get it. But I just want to <laughs> say, like, watch it. I've watched a lot of your videos over the past week. And First of all, it's hysterical. But the other thing is that it's so authentically you. And even your music I've been getting into, like it's like rap kind of, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's not like, I've seen people rap and like, I don't know how to describe it, man. I just feel like what's the, the, the moment of spark and inspiration is the moment where people are being genuinely themselves. And whether that means you're, you're reliving your high school nickname of spare change or you're like <laughs> rocking a stage or making the funniest promo video I've seen in a long time. It's a great thing. So kudos to you as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm just, just trying to do, just trying to be me and have fun. Yeah, that's it. And, and enjoy life. Yeah. And, you know, that's it. All right, my friend. All right, cool. So that's it. We're done. Yeah. Tight. All right. That was awesome. That came naturally, huh? Yeah. <laughs> And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Josh is a great dude. Had a really good time sitting down, talking with him, learning all about the history and what's going on with Spare Change. Again, if for some reason by now you are still listening and you haven't checked out anything that they're doing, what are you doing? Go Watch it now. You can find everything at sparechange.tv. Look up Spare Change on Facebook, YouTube, 
etc. Just look into it. They're doing a cool thing, and I think you'll really like it. As for me, I'll be back again next week with another new episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2017. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.